What's going I clapped again. I always clap when I do that. What's going on, world? And welcome back to the Pursuit of the Good Life podcast, where we talk about how to enhance your relationships and crush those professional goals each and every single Thursday on your favorite podcasting and YouTube platform. I am your host, the Cameron Lovelace, joined as always by the amazing Dr. Sarah Lee Benson. What's happening, Dr. Benson? You know, Cam, I am excited. It's still Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, I've been saying these past few weeks, it's my favorite month um, out of the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on with you? Uh, I'm a little tired. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It's like it's it's the grind. It's the it's the kind it's of cold it's cold. I think that's what it, I think it's cold. seasonal effectiveness disorder as the cl- yeah. as the mental health clinicians like to say. But I'm I need some sun. I need I, I need the sun. I need to. Uh, I think I'm definitely gonna be like a snowbird when I get older. You know what a snowbird is? What's a snowbird? A snowbird is somebody who goes to warm places when it's cold. <laughs> So this is like apparently really bad, like in Florida. Like there's people who like go to Florida just for like the winter. Yeah, that's like have a whole. Yep, have a whole house there and then like leave when in, it, the, summertime. in the summertime. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I think that's definitely going to be me in the future. I'm gonna work it out when I have kids. I don't know how I'm gonna work it out yet, but that's the goal. Um, but. Uh, hope y'all have been enjoying what we've been, this fire we've been dropping. I know last week's episode was really, really good. So love to, can't wait to see y'all's feedback on that episode as we are recording this ahead of time. Um, but Sarah has another fire Black History Month fact for us. Sarah, take it away. Yes. So today's Black History fact, um, we're going to talk about a nice lady named Sarah Rector. Um, If you guys don't know who she is, she is the second black millionaire after Madam C.J. Walker. Um, And the reason why she's so such an important person to know is she became a millionaire as a teenager. Um, Right? I know, right? And so uh, Sarah Rector, she was born in 1902 Mm -hmm. um, in a very small town in Oklahoma. And so um, her family, they were descendants of slaves and Creek Indians. And so when they were living there um, around 1907, uh, her parents were given like, I think they said like a hundred acres of land. And so, right. But you know how people try to give you something, but they want to give you the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. So the government gave them all this land, but uh, it was typically not fit for farming. So if you know around that time, that's how people made their money was through farming. Right. So y'all gave these people this land, but it wasn't, According to the government, it wasn't worth nothing. Okay. Flash forward to 1913, right? All of a sudden, uh, Sarah's father, he leased the land out. Say the company ends up finding uh, an oil, mm. um, what do they call it? A gusher, right? And so if anybody knows a lot about oil, mm-hmm. oil means money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the time she was 11 years old, her family were making, I guess they said more than three hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. So imagine three hundred thousand a year in like the nineteen twenties. Right. That's right. A lot. And they, they black people, right? Right. Um, but a little bit uh, about it. So once the world found out what they were doing, 
all of a sudden they uh switched her guardianship to this random white dude i know right what right switched her guardianship um and so but after that she ended up enrolling in this boarding school and so when she ended up leaving um, she came back and her family actually fought for her guardianship again. And so her family was able to get that back. Um, so her land and money was no longer in control of this random white man. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally, so these are a few of the things that she owned. So she owned 2,000 acres of land. She and was worth over a million dollars by the age of 20. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And so she died at the age of 65 in 1967. Um, and she still had considerable investments. And so I wanted to highlight her because I feel as if, like, this is just inspiration to fight for your dreams, no matter, like, what anybody else might do. So, like, remember, they gave her family the poor land and ended up turning out to be millions. Mm-hmm. And even after this white man, random white dude, like, takes over guardianship, she came back and fought for it and ended up being able to enjoy her millions um so yes if you don't know now you know sarah rector how does that even happen how does what even happen how do you get your guardianship switched over to a random white man like bro you ain't got you you only want some of this because we got oil over here how does how does guardianship get that's that's uh, ain't DCS wasn't a thing at the time, it wasn't so ain't the time. I don't know if any abuse was happening, but that but even st- like I'm well that just what ex- happened was the what public, happened? Please, so once, educate us, please. So once they discovered the oil gusher, mm-hmm. um, and they started making money, the public started to learn this because you gotta you guys have to understand this is the early these the 1920s. You have this black family that got cars, they're living in a nice house, mm-hmm. like. They're, they're basically leaving it up when that wasn't the norm for black people during this time. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, people started investigating. They're like, oh, these black people got some money. They probably don't know what they're doing. Let's just switch this over. It's easy as that. I it's see. It's easy as that. Okay. So, they basically, they filled out the paperwork and stuff like that. They basically filled out the paperwork on these folks. <sighs> okay. But she got it back. So that's what it that's what's important that she got it back. She okay. got it back. Cool means. All right. Thank you, Sarah, for another Black History Fact, because I definitely only knew about Madam CJ. I feel like that's the only one they want us to know about. Right. And I I think I can understand why, because that whole situation is shady and that doesn't put (laughs) white people in a a very good light. Right. So I'm I'm sure they don't want us to know about that. So they're like, okay, let's just... The job still being shady and tripping. Let's not... Yeah, let's 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 not add that to the history. But let's talk about CJ Madam CJ. Yeah, let's do her. The hair. Yeah, hair, hair. Let's... Everybody want to be hairstyles. Yeah, let's do it. Anyway... Um, but I have a, am I tripping or no? Okay. What's your, am I tripping? So good people. This happened last week, uh, on Friday This is on my, one of my off days. And so sparkle has a love for a seafood boil, Okay, has a love for it, like loves it. And when she's craving it, like she, she wants it, okay. she wants it bad. Right. So she said, Hey, can you go get it? You know, during lunch, so you got they have like lunch specials because you know I don't know if you got those of y'all who know crab boils, they a little pricey. They are a little pricey. So she like go during the lunch special, so it's not that much, and you know we'll be good to go. Okay, cool. So I go up there, order, and she had a little coupon too. I forgot she had a little coupon, so it was like ten dollars off. So it was it was nothing, right? Right. So I go up there, 
and you know, I go to the counter, I order the food, and this girl's looking at me, as the, girl, the girl's taking my order, she's looking at me, she said, I know you from somewhere. I'm looking at her, I don't recognize her at all. And she was like, are you sure you go, maybe we go to the same church, maybe she went to U of M, you know, I just graduated okay. from there. She's like, hold up, I dated your brother. Okay. I dated your brother. I said, oh, okay, yeah, okay, how you doing? How you doing? So we chopped it up, all the case may be cool. So then I tell Sparkle what happened, she's like, did you, did you get the food for free? <laughs> I'm like, what you mean? Did I get the food free? No, they broke. They are not together. They broke up. He got a whole new girlfriend right now. So no, that would be like, no, that's, I didn't get it for free. He's like, you should have got it for free. She could have hooked you up. And I said, now, babe, <laughs> if the roles are reversed and this was somebody that I previously dated, would you want the food to be free? Would you want her to hook up a special favor for me? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now you was a big hypocrite because she's always. The type of person, like, you ain't got no reason to talk to your ex. You ain't, you ain't got no reason to go out of your way to engage with them, speak with them. If they come to you, then you can be courted, but go out of your way. No, you ain't got to do all that. You're doing too much. So I'm like, you big hypocrite. And she's like, no. For the seafood boil, <laughs> they, can, they can hook something up. Ain't no issue. So am I tripping, Sarah? Am I tripping that she thinks it's okay to engage with people in the past if it's for food that she really loves. <laughs> I don't think you trick that. Um, no, because I, I agree, um, especially when you're married. I feel like like what's in the past should stay in the past. Correct. And when you get into like these spaces where like this person could potentially help you, whether it's like seafood or mm-hmm. something else, people will hold on to it. You know, give them the hookup on some clothes, right. some Jordans. Right. Mm-hmm. Two, we don't know how this person is thinking. We don't know if they mm-hmm. still have feelings for you. So they can see this as an opportunity to be like, oh, hey, I got this seafood for you. Or mm-hmm. I got these shoes. So now this person is contacting you. Now this person is, you know, texting you. And it just becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if they offered in that moment, it was like, hey, you know what? Here you go. Cool. And that was it. Then okay. But like, it, I don't think that you should be like, hey, Mm-hmm. Can I get a hookup? Mm-hmm. No. So what? Hold on. So what's the what's the your friend commented on one of the videos? What's your what's the brand that you that you love? I like K Spade. K Spade. So <laughs> if Ken got an ex that work in a store that sells K Spade and give you, and can give you a birthday hookup for for the thirtieth, can give you the hookup for the low. What about? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Would oh, okay. you, are you okay? Are you okay with it? Are you okay if he if he go to a, a ex? No, no. <laughs> Even if it's K Spade, it's K Spade. Okay. It's K Spade. Okay. Most expensive bag that you can get. Give you give, you, give you the hookup for a hundred dollars. See, hundred dollars for a thousand for a thousand dollar bag. So he go give him a little coupon on. He can't give you a thousand to a hundred. He can't give you ninety percent. Give you. No, because one, women can be really shady. Mm-hmm. And not only that, women can be very conniving. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas he's like, oh, this is just a hookup. Cool, cool, cool. I'm getting this for my boo. She's probably like, yeah, I didn't give him a hookup or I didn't did this. You know, let me let me slide into the dance. And that was the whole situation. <laughs> so, uh-uh. I mean, I stand by that. No, I don't think. It's a no for you. It's a 
no for me. I think that, <laughs> um, I just don't think you should be engaged like that. Like, I feel like if you're actively saying, hey, can I get a hookup here? Mm-hmm. No, that's, that might send the wrong message to the person. Okay. So. I agree. I just had to make sure I wasn't tripping. No. Nah, because I'm like, tripping. you tripping, tripping. No. You okay, tripping. cool. I don't think you should. Absolutely not. Weigh in, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Am I tripping or not? Can your significant other, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, can they get a hookup? If the hookup was for you, can they get the hookup from a past ex? They actively get a hookup. So that's what I think. So like they're well, asking for the hookup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If they ask, they, they run up on their ex somewhere. They're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Can like you, you like whether it's Jordans, whether it's food, like what if it's a hookup and they can give you a discount, is it okay? Love to hear your thoughts. All right, you ready to do a podcast now? Yeah, let's do a podcast. <laughs> okay. So we were talking and I think people really don't I, I think people really don't understand like what it takes as far as when it comes to character to get to the level that they're trying to to get to so for example if you say i want to be an entrepreneur i want to own a business mm-hmm. you get you the thing that comes with that is more than likely obviously you're going to have to grind really hard in terms of putting in the extra effort because the thing about being an entrepreneur is you don't have any vacations no. more than likely you don't have any off days and you're going to be working until you get it to a point to where it can sustain itself. Mm-hmm. But building it up to that point is going to take a lot of like effort. And more than likely, if you're doing it right, you need to have some sort of team helping you, helping you mm-hmm. instead of being a solopreneur, which is when you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. And you want to be an entrepreneur where you're having maybe a team, somebody running the books, somebody hooking up this, like doing things that you can't do. So that means you got to manage the team. You got to make, you got to make payroll. So when the money comes in, you're not just paying yourself. You got to pay the people. You got to pay the, you you. got to pay the team too. You got to be the leader. You got to be the spearhead. You got to be organized and your character amongst in the midst of all of that has to be right. Instead of you like pocketing the money for yourselves and giving them, you know, below minimum wage, like giving them, giving them stuff or, cutting corners to be able to get the business opportunities mm-hmm. and trying to leapfrog some steps that you know you got you to gotta get by. Mm-hmm. But can your character really handle what it is that you're trying to achieve? Because, you know, a lot of people go in when they turn 18, whether they go to college, whether they go to the military, whether they go into technical school, like whatever your path is, I think they just have this kind of cloud over their eyes about what it actually takes to become not only become what they is with what it is that they want to become but also sustaining it so so for people who want to be nurses like that is anything in the medical field you cannot cheat the system because you're you're playing with people's lives here so you should not be cheating on tests like programs are wholehearted about that because you're playing with somebody's life here so you can't you can't just cheat off of you know my man who's been studying hard all night coming from a whole nother country who's, you know, trying to build a better life for his family back home by being a doctor. You can't cheat off a man who's been putting in the work and putting in the perseverance and you're over here trying to cheat the system just so you can get the A, get the a and get and get the easy way to to become a doctor. And now you're a doctor. Some of you, you cheated your whole way through medical school and now you your mortality rate is 
dumb high. Right. And nobody wants to see you. Right. Nobody wants to see you. All because your character is not in the right place. And that and I feel like a lot of people have just this this mentality. They just got the game mixed up when it comes yeah. to you know, being successful in their career, their uh, uh, financial aspirations, and also in your relationships, too, from, you know, being faithful, um, doing right by your wife, doing right by your kids, doing right by your family, doing right by your friends. It's just, it's just, it's just how they got the game mixed up. But that's my rant. That's my opening rant. What you got? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. I think that um, your character plays a major role um, in all of your aspirations, whether that, like you said, that's with relationships, with jobs, with school, with anything, because um, your intelligence can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. But the way that you treat people, the way that you handle certain situations, mm-hmm. that is what's going to take you to the next level. Like, I wholeheartedly agree with you that, like, you have to have the right type of character and you just have to have integrity, especially yep. when you are in like a top position. Um, if you were like a CEO somewhere, if you were somebody who deals with the money, you deal with the payroll, like you have to know that it's not just you that's depending on this, Mm -hmm. but your employees that depend on that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are the type of person who is honest and truthful about things, you could potentially ruin other people's lives. You know, it's, it's always interesting to me when I see like up-and-coming celebrities or um, rappers or people who do things so they get to a certain level right they reach a certain level of celebrity um, and they just start acting like they still back home like they still they still do some of the same things they were doing before they got to this level they're making some of the same decisions um, might be hanging out with some of the same people and it's mm-hmm. like, why are you doing that? Like, you're in a whole other space, right? Um, why are you still running in gangs or why are you still dealing drugs? Like, why are you still doing these things? Um, when you reach a new level, like you, you've entered a whole nother realm, but you're still acting a certain type of way. Like, no, that, that doesn't make sense to me in a sense. Like, I feel like if you're going to elevate some spaces, then your character needs to evolve as well. Um, I always like to give an example. Um, there's somebody I know. I'm not going to say their names. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person, uh, they like people. They like women. Um, okay, I was about to say <laughs> They like women. They are a lover of women mm-hmm. uh, to the point to where whenever they've been in relationships, they always stepped out. That's, I don't know. I think they like the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was no surprise whenever this like particular person ended up getting married that they continuously stepped out on their wife. And so I'm like, but... This person got married? Yeah, they got married. But my whole thing is this. like, What you were doing beforehand... Like, just because you put a ring, that doesn't just magically change things. Like, you have to actively, actively prepare for that. And that's with anything, whether it is a relationship, whether it is a new job, Mm. whether it's whatever. If you are going into another, if you're transitioning to another level, you have to actively prepare for that. Mm -hmm. Right? You can't just get up there thinking, oh, it's going to be, this is how it's going to be. And that's not it. Because I promise you, if you are somebody who likes attention, if you're somebody who was stepping out, 
the whole time. When you get married, just because you have a ring on your finger ain't gonna change. You still gonna step out. You still gonna step out because it's fun. You like mm-hmm. it, right? It's exciting. You was doing it before. Oh. Or whatever your deal was. You said what? Or whatever your deal was. Or whatever your deal was. But like, you have to make sure that as you're transitioning, as you're going after these goals, after you are trying to, Mm. you know, reach these dreams, that you're preparing for those things as well. And that your character is ready for that as well. Right. And you, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said... Just because this person has a ring doesn't mean that that's going to fix everything. It's not. And that's a, in the same breath that just because you get a different job, just because you go to a, a whole different company or go to a different job, you're not going to have the same flaws and issues that you had. Like from people leaving jobs just because they don't want to necessarily work harder, you know, or they didn't like the way that their manager talked to them. They don't like they don't like being told what to do. They want to be. They want to be their own boss. They want to. Well, the thing is, if you if you aren't going to take the initiative to be your own boss, you if if you if you aren't the one who is willing to be hard on yourself, discipline on yourself to do the day to day tasks that you need to do, you're gonna always have a boss. You're gonna always have somebody telling you what to do and how to do it because you don't discipline yourself. But people think, okay, well, now let me just go to an easier job where I can make you know the same amount of money, but for easier work. And then they get, com- and then they get, and then they complain because they're comf- because they're comfortable. they're comfortable, but they want to make more money, but they don't want to come out of this comfort zone. And the thing about that is that infuriates the hell out of me is when people start to to just complain and 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 complain and complain and whine and cry about how much lack of money they are, how much lack of money they have, how much lack of opportunities they have. And how they're stuck in the same town or whatever the case may be and they're blaming everything else around them except themselves yeah. and they're not willing to to do what they need to do like whether it's just going online to go back to school getting your master's online you can get in any almost any program online get your master's punch in punch out in a year and a half be good yeah, that's true. but you don't want to do that because you don't want to go back to school but you don't but 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 you don't want to start a pat you you want to start a podcast but you don't want to set it up. You don't want to meet, you know, once a week to record ahead of time, invest in mics, invest in a laptop. You don't want to do that. You don't want to become whatever this is. It's just, it, it, <laughs> it, it bothers me, Sarah. Yeah, it, no, it really I, I, does. I get it. Um, I have that conversation all the time with people who, who express those same things, right? Like they want to do something different, but they don't want to put the work in to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, whatever quote it is, it's like insanity is doing the same thing, but expecting a different result. That's exactly you it. Know? So it's like you're, you're constantly doing the same thing, constantly in the same spaces, constantly going to the same places, but you're not trying to change nothing, right? right? You're not, you just, you just wishing and hoping that something is, is going to shake. Right. But it's not until you get out there and do it, you know, until you get out there, you put in the work um, and you, you, you have to count the cost mm-hmm. of what it is you want to do. Absolutely. And I don't think we, we do that. I don't think we spend enough time doing that mm-hmm. because we get so caught up in, in ourselves and what's going on right now that even if the opportunity does come around, we're not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know how to handle it. Um, we mm-hmm. don't know how to, you know, that's where that character comes into play. Mm-hmm. Right? Because things will, sometimes they will shift. Are you ready for the shift? 
No, they ain't ready. They're not ready for the show, you know? Because I think about, um, like, somebody who mismanages their money, right? So if you mismanage a little bit, like, if you don't know how to budget, like, where you are now, if you get the CEO position, like... No, no, no. They ain't even got to jump to... They ain't going to make the CEO. Let's even jump to manager. Let's just, the, manager just next manager, yeah. Like, you're going to mismanage that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna you're gonna end up in the same place that you're in. But I think oftentimes, like you said, we get comfortable and we get comfortable and, and I will say there are some things that are beyond our control, right? So like there are some systematic things in place, there are some things that might have happened to you as a child, there are some things that might have happened, you know, in your family. However, at some point you have to stop thinking like the victim. Right, so like you acknowledge mm. it happened, you acknowledge that this is just what's been going on in my mm. hometown, whatever, whatever. Now I need to try to figure something else out. We don't want to figure the other. We don't want to. We don't want to jump out of the other mm-hmm. else part, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if I'm a victim and I believe these things and I believe all of this stuff, and it's everybody else but me, I get comfortable there. And I don't have to actively change myself because it's everybody else but me. But I'm still complaining because it's not working out. And versus, okay, that's what happened. All right, let me try to figure out what I can do. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I move out of this space? How can I, like you said, maybe I need to get mm-hmm. online and, uh, you know, do some online classes. Maybe I need to start searching for jobs outside of my hometown. You know, maybe maybe I just need to believe that something different is going to come. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be just as simple as changing your mindset, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you can go to school, you can apply for so many jobs. But if you don't change your mindset, it's not going to work. Right. So. So, bruh, sis, <laughs> come out of that victim mentality, please. I, bro, you just lit a, my mind just went to a certain situation and I'm not I'm not going to talk about it. But, bruh, sis, stop. Stop playing the victim. Stop blaming your husband. Stop blaming your wife. Stop blaming your friends. Stop blaming your family. Stop blaming your children. Stop blaming other people. Like, bruh, look in the mirror for yourself. You are where you're at because this is this is what I tell my kids in the in the post high school prep. This is the first thing that I said to them when we started the when we started the curriculum. I said, from now on, your success and your failure are your fault. That's true. Your success and your failures are your fault where you are at the moment that you leave your mom and daddy's house is your fault how successful you are how unsuccessful you are it is all about what your what you do what you have done to put yourself in a possession to be successful what you've done to put yourself to develop your character in a place where you know what in this place of adversity i'm going to do what's right instead of trying to cut the corner and and when you cut that corner and if you don't learn from that and keep making the same mistakes, you're going to keep being at the bottom where you're at. So, sis, bruh, please just I'm trying not to get overwired up, but I'm already wired up. I'm already upset. Okay. But people, please, I, I, I am begging you do not start. Stop playing the blame game. Blame yourself. You're going to blame somebody. Just blame yourself for where you are and look that's the first place do you think people we're in black history month still 
I think so. Yeah, we're still going to be in Black History Month when this comes out. Yeah. So do you think the people that were going through Black History, they, they still had the, what, where would we be if they still had the victim mentality? If they still had the woe is me, if they still had, oh, well, the white man just always just going to keep me down. The white man is just always going to separate us. The white man is always going to give us the worst schools. They're going to give us the worst food. They're going to give us the worst, the worst of this, the worst of that. They're never going to let us vote. They're never going to let us do this. They all, all this good stuff. Where would we be today if they had the victim mentality? Where would we be? Because I, I, I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't have, maybe Martin Luther King wouldn't have got, wouldn't have got prevalent until the 80s or until the, whatever the case may be. Maybe we would still, maybe we only be 20, remir- 20 years removed from slavery, I mean, not slavery, from, from, Jim from Jim Crow instead of 60 years removed. So, people, I am begging you, I implore you, stop playing the victim. Blame yourself. So, get, get some act right in your character. So, it's time, Martin Luther King said, I can't, I won't quote it directly. I wish I, I wish I had time to look it up. But he basically said, your character is not tested, is not created in the times of pleasure. It's in the time of comfort. It's, it's, it's tested and truly grown in the face of adversity. So stop running from the adversity. Stop running from what's hard. Stop running from what's difficult. Stop running from those friends, from those family members who are telling you that you're wrong and who's, who's telling you that you need to get up off your butt, go to the gym and lose them 30 pounds stop going to mcdonald's every every night for shoot two weeks straight getting the mcflurry mcchicken and a double and a yeah stop just yeah i think the issue for a lot please, of people yeah please though, take it <laughs> um i think the issue for a lot of people is um we are afraid to see ourselves um in a negative light and so Oftentimes, we will do things, we will self-sabotage ourselves. Um, Because if we self-sabotage, if we self-handicap, then we have other things to blame than us, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, um, you know, I like to put on my education psychologist cap. Um, And so there's this theory that says that, like, everybody in the world, we all have um, a sense of, we want to be competent people. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's our self-worth. We want to be competent, capable people. And whenever we feel that is threatened, um, sometimes we will engage in self-handicapping uh, activities mm-hmm. to preserve our self-worth. And don't even realize it, right? So, one of those things is, like, procrastination. So, if you procrastinate, you can blame it on the time, right? Not that you don't know how to do it. It's just that, well, I just ran out of time. Right, because I procrastinated, right? Another thing that they talk about, um, sometimes we'll set goals that are too high um, just for the simple fact of saying, okay, that goal is too high. Um, we won't even try it out, so it won't seem like we can't do it, but the goal was too high. You mm-hmm. see where I'm going here? So, like, sometimes um, I think what we do as people will engage in these self-handicapping uh, ideas or activities mm-hmm. Instead of like recognizing that, hey, you probably just need to get your stuff together, right? There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that, Mm -hmm. you know, you might have failed or there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that, okay, you're not where you're supposed to be, but you need to acknowledge that so that you can fix it. Because what happens is we continue to engage in these activities and now it's everybody else Mm -hmm. or it's my neighborhood or it's all these other things versus Mm-hmm. It's really just looking at it yourself. 
And you know what that sounds like, kind of to the core of it? Pride and fear. Yeah. You have too much pride in the fact that you can't acknowledge when you're wrong. You can't acknowledge that, you know, things are not like okay right now. Yeah. And you, you want to put yourself in the most positive light possible in your mind so that you don't have to turn around and face it. So you don't have to face facts that you are in a horrible situation, that you're stagnant, that you're in the same place, in the, in the same town, in the same house, apartment. No, no, you, you ain't you in the same house, apartment, not doing what you want to do, and you're settling for whatever. whatever life gives you. And you're not able to do the things and pursue the passions that you want to pursue, have the things you want to have, because you will not put your pride aside and admit that, look, this is my fault where I'm at. This is why I am here. So the moment that you do that, that's the moment that you can really begin to move forward. Because that's when you have to look at the fact that, look, I am inadequate. I might be inadequate in this area, but I'm not going to stay inadequate. Right. Because it's, it's one thing to it's one thing to not know your flaws. It's one thing to not know that, you know, you might have dyslexia or you might have high blood pressure. It's one thing to not know. It's another thing to know and not do anything about it. That's and that's where I really have an issue with people. And I think that might be what has me fired up. But um, you, you have to put your pride aside and look, take a hard look in the mirror and look at, okay, what is it that, that, is, that I do not have going on? Mm-hmm. Like I'm all that in a bag of chips on my best day, but today it's just, not it's, just, it's just not happening. So what it is that I need to do to fix so that I can work on so that I can get better. And then with the fear, what you said about setting these high arching goals, I personally believe there is no goal that you cannot achieve. But it's the thing is, every goal has the many goals. So what is the, what's the base level? If you want to start a nonprofit, what you need? Okay, you need a board of people who are respectable, have pockets, and can guide you the best way they know how. You need, a, you need one to start a nonprofit? You need a team. You don't need just... You, the CEO, no, you need an executive director, a secretary, a treasurer. You need departments. You need a goal. You need a vision. You need a 50C3. You need all that. You need to know what you need to do. But it takes little steps here along the way. But because you're scared of the big goal, you're afraid to even take a step forward in faith. And the thing about faith is it's more than the thing about faith is that you are not going to figure out what what it is that. Hold on, let me calm down, cause I'm. It's okay. I'm hype, and I'm trying to. There's some faith. Um, <sighs> faith is the thing that you, you hope for, what you cannot see. Correct. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, everything thing is not seen. So the difference between faith and confidence is your belief. Yes. So with confidence, you are, your belief is based off of your experience. Yes. Those of you who are ball players. If I give you a ball for the very first time and say, shoot the basketball or throw a pass or kick the ball, the very first time you ever do it, you're going to be very uncomfortable. You're not going to be confident, but the more that you do it, you're going to gain confidence. If you've played a thousand rounds of basketball, you're going to be confident if I give you a basketball to be able to shoot. But with faith, faith has no experience. Faith is what you need before confidence comes into play because everybody can develop confidence, but your faith it comes before the confidence. So before you get started, before you pursue that dream, before you go back to school, before you start looking for a spouse, 
You have to have faith in yourself and believe that before I can even get to the place, I am adequate. Yeah. I am enough. I, even though even though I can't talk right, God, even though I can't speak, I'm illiterate. I can't speak to the Israelites. I can't speak to the Israelites. I can't convince them. I can't convince them in fear. I need no. I didn't ask you all that. I told you to go save your people from Egypt. I told you to go stand in front of all this situation. So have some faith. It takes faith and belief in yourself to really overcome that fear before you can even see any formation before I can even do it. When I went to, when I decided to go to grad school, I didn't have, like I said, I had a 2.9 GPA. Most grad schools start at three point. You gotta have a three point. But I believed in myself. I said, look, I'm gonna do what I believe. I'm gonna do what I have to do. And I'm gonna believe God's gonna carry me through. Yeah. So you know what I did? I took, I studied, I took the GRE. I got my great three recommendation letters and I applied and luckily my program had an interview. So I went then, put my best before, got the interview, hashed out, talked about my student experience and how it's great for counseling. Da 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 da. Bada bing, bada boom, got in. <laughs> but it started with me believing that I could do it despite my inadequacy, despite, I, I didn't get caught up in the fact that I was a regular C student. I just couldn't get the B's or the A's. I just, could, I just couldn't get the A's to balance out the C's. I was getting the B's, I was meeting in the middle. I could, I could stay in that place but I chose to persevere through that. Look at myself in the mirror and say, look, even though I have a two point now, I'm still going, I still believe I can be a great counselor and I'm gonna look for a program who will give me a shot. Mm -hmm. so, the, so yeah, I might not be able to go to, to University of Florida and Gainesville who start off at a 3.5. Obviously, okay, I can't go there. Okay, maybe I can't go over here. Maybe I can't go over here, but I can go to this program where they might give me a shot. Yeah. And I'm gonna max out and I'm gonna take whatever opportunity I can get and persevere through that because I believe that's what I can do. And so people, stop making an excuse, please. My rant's done. Go ahead there. Take it away. Well, no, I think you said something really good when you talked about um, just the belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I agree with you. Like, you, you have to believe that you can do this. If you don't have faith in yourself, if you don't believe that this is something you can do, it's not going to happen. Um, because at the end of the day, sometimes that's what's going to carry you through. Mm -hmm. Like you had belief in yourself that you was going to get in despite mm -hmm. everything else that was going mm -hmm. on to somebody that didn't have that belief. They wouldn't even apply. Right. Right. Like, cause if you don't believe that you can do it, you will allow your inadequacies to stop you or to keep you from going to the next level or to mm -hmm. keep you from reaching those goals. Like, sometimes you just have to get to a place where you're like, you know what? I believe I can do this. This is what God told me to do. I don't care what's going on. And believing that you deserve better. And you deserve better. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because I, I, I was working. So I was working in an inpatient facility. So for those of y'all who don't know, inpatient facility is basically where your clients go and they stay. That's where they live in the site for extended period of time. When maybe it's six months. Maybe it's a whole year. Whatever their situation is. I was not trying to work 55 hours a week, mm -hmm. making under $30,000 a year. I knew I deserved better. Yeah. But the only way I could do that is if I had the piece of paper, the master's degree, to prove that. And so I knew I had to, to I had to do something. And some of you don't believe in yourself that I deserve more. Yeah. I deserve better. I deserve to not be stressed 
and go to a job that I hate and still be able to provide for my family. I deserve to not be in debt for the rest of my life. In student loan debt, I refuse, I deserve to have income and still be able to make a whole bunch of money, but do it in a spirit of integrity and not yes. be a stripper, not be a drug dealer, not do something shady under the table, not take high risk. I deserve to be able to do this and to have the things that I want. And I think people also get caught up in that is that I deserve better. I deserve, you see, deserve now, better. now I'm going to start hurting better. feelings. I was going to start talking about relationships. Uh, <laughs> you deserve better. Um, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, um, each person deserves a good life. Like, each person deserves, and that's whatever your version of a good life is. And so you just have to get to a place where you recognize and you acknowledge that you deserve that. Um, and I think that once we get to a place where we recognize and acknowledge that, you know what, I deserve the absolute best, um, whatever my view of what best is, that we begin to work towards those things. Mm -hmm. um, but until we get to that place where we feel like we're worthy enough for that, it's going to be a hard role trying to do things. Like you'll come up with every excuse not to do it or mm -hmm. every excuse why it's not happening. But once you get to a place where it's like, you know what, I am worthy of this. And I deserve these things, whether it's this this job, this car, this thing, just whatever it is, um, whatever is your version of that. That once you get to that place, then it becomes easier to go after those things. It becomes easier to acknowledge, you know, your shortcomings mm -hmm. and being able to um, fix them and get to the places you want to be. Absolutely. So, so so for the for the place where we started, which was character, and so before you so like i said character is developed in the face of adversity so when when it's time for the rubber to hit the road that's when you really figure out if it, if you have what it takes to put up or shut up and so if you feel like okay i'm not ready yet that's okay that's but that's a good place for you know to start cam my integrity is is not where it needs to be i'm still not you know i don't even want to put the whole 10% in church. I don't even want to put a dollar in church, not let alone the whole 10%. I'm not, I'm not there yet. So that's, that's where you gotta, you gotta evaluate yourself and see where you're at in your integrity, where you're at in your ability to, to accept feedback, your growth potential and your patience. Are you willing to, to, to wait and take the, not necessarily the slow process, but the right way, that may that that's not instant gratification but but is the right way to be able to develop and pursue your goals and pursue the person that it pursue the type of person that you want in terms of a relationship to be around friends do you have people in your circle that reflect that or do you have you know devil one and devil two over here you know trying to encourage you man leave that job man 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 don't don't pay that light bill. You only live once. Let's go to the club, man. Let's, you know, let's do let's do what we need to do. Oh yeah, man. Let's you you can buy that uh twenty thousand dollar car. Yeah, you can do that. You can pay that note, man. It ain't no issue, man. That's just eight hundred dollars, man. You'll be alright, man. Like what? You really evaluate where your character is at. Like and you you the thing is, like like the like the friend that you brought up earlier. He knew he was gonna drink. He know he know he he know he a Rolling Stone. He know he know that. He, when he got on his knees to propose, 
he knew that he wasn't ready to delete all the the, fem- the other females that were in his area, in his yeah. phone. He knew he wasn't willing to unfollow such and such. He knew he wasn't willing to change his friend group around because I will say that chances are if your friend is being unfaithful, then what I won't even say that. I will say that if your significant other is cheating, I would find it very hard to believe that the friends know nothing about it. That they know absolutely nothing positively, nothing about it. Because men and women love to talk. We do. They, they like, when it comes, like, when they're doing something, they just can't keep it in. So they got to share it with somebody. Yes. Whether it's their sibling or their friends, somebody knows what's going on. And if that person is willing to check them, then that's, that's, not, that's not a friend you need to be around. So... If you got friends in your corner who are not willing to check you or just constructively help you, like tell you, okay, yeah, you, you got a little hot head sometimes. Like when you get mad, like it's, it's a lot. lot. Like you, you start breaking stuff. I think you need to go see a therapist. If you got friends like that, if you rather, if you don't, if you don't have friends like that, rather you got friends who will encourage your negative behavior, who encourage your mediocrity, who will encourage your inadequacy or even suggest have the unmitigated gall to tell you oh no girl you can't do that oh no man you're not you can't do that you're not capable of that you can't you can't get your phd you can't become a counselor you you can't you can't you can't be an entrepreneur oh no you mm -mm. you can't you can't do that If, if you have friends that have the unmitigated gall to say something like that definitely need to remove them so if you do not have the character that you believe that you need to be able to go where you're trying to go, work on changing that environment. Mm-hmm. Like give, give the seed an opportunity to be able to grow. So work, work the soil. Put yourself in a position where you're around people who encourage you. Start looking at, okay, God, I, I know that I want to get married one day, mm-hmm. but I love women. Hell, please. Please help, help me be able to focus and be faithful to one woman and a good woman who's worth it, who's, who's able to fulfill the needs that I'm looking for in all these other women. Mm-hmm. Help me to be able to be faithful and survive and, and eliminate all their, and eliminate my friends who's going to deter me. Help me to be able to do this very hard thing. And so... I know I said a mouthful. I know I've been ranting for a little while. But start with, like we talked about before, start with that fear and that pride. You can overcome, the only way you can overcome fear is faith. And the only way you overcome your pride is to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. And when you start with that place, you then can start to create an environment for your character to be able to flourish. It's very hard to grow your character when you refuse to admit your faults. I agree. And refuse to overcome your fear. I agree. You got a personal story where you had to overcome some fears or? You said do I have a story where I had to overcome? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Surely you got some. some. Yeah, um, so when I was applying to grad school. Or pride, yeah, go ahead. Huh? I said or pride, go ahead. Right, so when I was applying to grad school, um, that was a very 
fearful journey for me. Um, you know, I shared with you all on the first uh, podcast about my journey with law school. And so after experiencing what I experienced, um, I had made the decision to move home and I was going to go to grad school. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I was supposed to just wait a semester, ended up waiting a year because I didn't want to take the GRE. Um, but I had to get over that mm-hmm. and just do it. You know, I recognized that that was just an excuse to, mm. um, to not go back. And so I did. I went to the GRE. Um, but it was like the whole process of getting into grad school was scary for me because mm-hmm. it seemed like for every reason everybody else around me gave that I was going to get in, I had a reason why they wouldn't take me. Um, and I think it was because for me, my degree is in political science. And so I was going into a completely different field. Yep. And so I um, I was scared. Like, I didn't think they was going to pick me because I had a degree in political science. Excuse me, I didn't think they going to pick me because I had been at school for a minute, that I was at law school and that didn't work out. Um, and one of my friends... Um, I'll never forget this to this day. I was having a conversation with one of my really good friends. Um, and he said to me, he was like, if God told you to do this, why are you afraid? And I was like, you're right. He was like, if God said it, go do it. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that was what I needed to hear in that moment. Because I think what happens in oftentimes, like, we'll get these big goals or these big visions and we know that it's from God, but then we'll look at it and we can become scared because it's so big, not recognizing that like it's big for a reason because God has ordained this or God has put this in your life and he's going to get you there. But then we start looking at our own strength and our own abilities. And we're like, man, I can't do this or all these things are going to happen. Um, but the reality of it is if, if God has given you that, then there's nothing that can prevent you from getting it except for you. Mm-hmm. Like you're the only thing that can stop you from getting that. You're the only thing that can stop you from reaching that goal. And so listening to that, um, they gave me like a little confidence boost that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I got in. Um, but uh, that process was scary. It was right. really scary for me. So, yeah. Right. And you and you could have stopped and said, I don't want to take the GRE. Yeah, I could have. And I, I didn't want to take the time to... Did you study for it or did you take it? Um, I did. So I, um, at the time I was working at this job, like I worked it all out. Because mm-hmm. um, I was getting comfortable, too comfortable. But then mm-hmm. uh, it got to a place to where like, okay, I ended up taking GRE, ended up getting in. I think I found out I got into school in March. I uh, got laid off from my job in June. That's when the, that's when the job closed down. Uh-huh. So if you had... So let's say you had... So you said you found out in February, you said? In March. You found out in March, which means you applied in January. Uh-huh. So let's say you had not done it and not and delayed it. Okay, I'm going to go next semester. Yeah. And said, okay, I'm going to just apply in the fall. I'm fall. Uh, instead in the spring. I'm going to apply. And, that, and that's when I applied, I think, in, like in the fall. So I, you had those applications due in like September or yeah. September, October. So if you would have waited, who knows where you would have been because you would have had to figure out some income. I would have figured something out. So, I, probably would, I probably would not have gone back. Right. Honestly and truthfully. And so like I definitely recognize that um uh it was purpose for me to to get in when I did. Mm-hmm. Um and to do the things that I did because yeah, I was getting comfortable. 
Because you can't get comfortable. It's easy to get comfortable in certain spaces. And so, but I just bit the bullet. Um, I had my little captain book. And it's also, and before you dive into that, because that, number one, that captain book is, what, like $50? Because they're, they're a little, they $30, 40, $30, $50. I remember, I remember yeah, when I, I got paid like $25, $30. Also, you got a hookup. Also, you got a little hookup. But nevertheless, the GRE is $200. Yes. Now, let's say you had spent that $200 on a little vacation. Yeah. On a plane ticket. Instead of taking, oh, I'll take it next month. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get these recommendations later. Oh, I'll reach out to my professors after this. Yeah. I'm going to go on vacation first with my girlfriend. I probably would not have. I would not have done what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that was the test of your character. In that in, in that moment. In that moment, it was. And I, and I think it was a test of my character, and it's just a test of faith. And just believing mm-hmm. the word that, um, believing what God had told me, and mm-hmm. that it was going to work out. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not trying to be going on a rant no more. I'm done. You got anything else? I'm no, good. I'm, I'm good. Thank you for your rant. I think that was something we needed to hear, though. <sighs> I guess so. I just need to. Need I was. I was. I need the woo side. I need. I was need frustrated this week. I'm frustrated uh. this week. <laughs> it's okay. You're right. But nevertheless, sorry. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed this rant um, of the pursuit of the good life podcast. Um, next week, we'll come back to the warm and fuzzy. We'll come. We'll do some like relationship topic. I don't know. We'll do. Some, we'll do. We'll do some warm and fuzzy for the people. I know I've been beating up on y'all these last two weeks. Um, but I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to help y'all because, guys, it just really bothers me when people are just not doing what God has put them on this earth to do. Like, or at least on the path to do it. I'm okay if, like, you're not doing it yet, but you got if you got an idea and you're working towards that, then, okay, I, I want to help you get there. How can, how can I help you get to that by you having this conversation with me. What kind of fire can I light in you to go after it that much harder? So that's that's just something I'm really passionate about. But we'll go we'll go to Warm and Fuzzy next week. I'll, we'll try to figure out some relationship topic yeah, or, or or something. I think that yeah, because we'll be in I think March. Yeah. So then it'll be on the eve of my birthday. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Pursuit of the Good Life podcast. We're bringing this to you each and every single Thursday. We're committed to this, guys. So make sure you are telling your friends about how great the podcast is. Subscribe to it so you don't miss a single episode. As soon as it uploads, it goes straight to your phone. Subscribe to the YouTube, all that good stuff. And also give us those five stars so that we can continuously move up the charts and get discovered by more people. And follow us on Instagram, pursuit underscore podcast. If you all, if you all have any questions, um, like for us to answer anything, please feel free to DM us. Um, we do check it daily. Mm-hmm. And also comment, maybe comment, also comment what you guys want to hear. Like if you guys have something that you're having trouble with and we want us to talk about it on the podcast, we're more than happy to do that. As we'll, we'll, Of course, we'll respond to you on the spot, but we'll also might add it to the we'll podcast. If it's really good, I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna try to remember next time to post questions because I, I keep I keep forgetting to post on the Instagram 
Like, if you guys have any questions, matter of fact, just just comment it on the video. Just just yeah, just just comment it on, on the videos. What you guys thoughts from the am I tripping? From how much you love the Black History facts to you know what about this Cam? But what about that Sarah? Let's but I we need some help. So we're willing to help you because we're doing this to help you guys pursue your version of the good life. All right, y'all. So until next time, keep pursuing your version of the good life and we will see you next week.